Welcome to your Sprinkle of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and Shane and I are so excited today to bring you our guest, Kristen Taylor. She talks a lot about just kind of how you deal with some anxieties and depression and some of those other things that just cause you to feel like you're in a stuck position and give some really cool tips on how to kind of get over that. We love connecting with our guests and really super appreciative of their time and their talents and sharing that both of those with us and with you. Please listen into this, share it with people that you care about. We all go through these things that we're talking about at one point or another. And she gives some really simple, great tips on how to overcome these things. So listen in. Welcome to the Sprinkled with Hope podcast. Welcome to your Sprinkle with Hope podcast and your host, Jason. And we are so excited today to welcome our guest, Kristen Taylor. And she's awesome. I'm so excited that you guys get to meet her today. But in 1997, she earned a master's degree in counseling psychology and was trained as a therapist in 2007. She transitioned into coaching where her approach to human growth and transformation was greatly influenced by her counseling background. Since becoming a coach, she supported college students, executive artists, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and, uh, in activating their life's purpose with greater courage as they become more liberated from the unwelcome influence of self-doubt, which we all have, right? Self-doubt is a, a major thing. And on your website, there's there's a really cool question that's asked. And I, so I wanted to kind of lead off with this, but it says, what would improve in your life if you trusted yourself more and we're less afraid of failure. So I kind of wanted to start out with that. Like, what what would be maybe your answer to that, Kristen? What what would you say about that? Yeah, that's um, a good question that I came up with, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that because that question invites a lot of rumination. And I hope it's not a one and done question, but I hope it's the practice of asking the question every day. What would be possible today if I trusted myself and weren't so afraid of failure? And so for me, what I'm coming to as of late is really connecting to purpose. And I feel like my purpose is learning how to love in the face of pain. Mm. And I've stolen that directly from one of my guests, Dr. Matthew McKay. He's a psychologist out of the Bay Area in California. And when he said it, was one of those moments where it was like sort of the axis of my world just went like, yeah <laughs> yes that yes that's what i feel like so many of us are here and i take this from a spiritual perspective are here to do is you know i think of even brene brown like showing right. up wisely with vulnerability and i say wisely because you don't want to be vulnerable with everyone trust sure. is but also to say if this is the life that I am here to be in service of, and I have particular gifts, it takes me even back to Miriam Williamson when she wrote that inaugural, right. right? Talks about our greatest fear is our greatness, right? I am absolutely butchering it. We all have tremendous gifts to share. And most of those gifts ideally culminate in love that in showing our gifts, we give permission to others to step forward and to 
be more fully alive, whether it's, you know, speaking a truth that is uncomfortable to be spoken, offering kindness, stepping out of our comfort zones, trying something and perhaps falling flat, but recognizing this is a learning moment, not a failing moment. I mean, these are all big cliches that I'm sharing, but it's even just showing up and seeing what happens. Taking the initiative to reach out to someone, volunteering for something, responding to an email, whatever it is, reaching out to a friend in need, being kind to yourself. What happens when we come from an intention of love? And it's what I see you guys doing. Like there's so much pain in the world. Right. So much pain in the world. And both of you have elected to create a platform where you openly say, yes, there is pain. And where is their hope in the midst of that pain to help people find their way through? That is an act of love. It moves us closer to love. And so what happens when we show up with love? I just believe it could be limitless. Mm. So yeah. true. I love how you said all that, that really the premise of everything is that as we open ourselves up to people, that they, they can also open themselves up even to themselves. Cause I think often we're, we close ourselves off from who we really want to become. So as you meet with people and talk to people, I'm just curious if you've sort of found maybe a thing or two that holds people back from becoming who they really want to be, or, you know, if you see trends in that and um, just curious to pick your brain here. Yeah. I love that question too. When I think about it so much of what we do, and this is where I bring in mindfulness and some neuroscience to help people uncouple themselves from their story, from their narrative. We all have stories starting in childhood and the mistake that I hear repeatedly and I experience in myself is that we think we are our stories when in mm -hmm. fact our stories are vehicles to discover who we are. Mm -hmm. And so people, and you even look at neuroscience with neuroplasticity, recognizing that particular mm -hmm. neural networks just get reinforced over and over the more frequently we use them. And it becomes this self-referential place. If we're telling that story over and over again, we, we tend to think that is who I am. My feelings, my thoughts, and my beliefs, especially disempowered ones that have been reinforced, that we've been practicing over and over, become a sense of that is my identity. And the work I do is to examine disempowered stories and beliefs and say that is not who you are. That is the habit of thought you are deeply entrenched in. Mm. And then they get to, and I invite them into a process of mindfulness to start to investigate from a place of self-compassion what is this feeling you're having so much of our suffering comes up when let's say we have anxiety we do two things that reinforce this connection to my anxiety my story around anxiety is an extension of my brokenness we identify with it like i just said or we push it away mm. push it down, distract but then that creates in psychological terms what is termed amplification, right? Like it just grows. Like you're going to ignore me. I'll just get louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And then we go to war with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what mindfulness and the inquiry does is to say, let's slow this process down. And should experiences, feelings of anxiety happen, you have an opportunity to inquire into them from curiosity and neutrality 
And so I lead people through processes of just go to the sensation right now. Well, actually, I just bypassed one. I say, just name it. Give it a name. What is yeah. this feeling? And it can be nuanced. It can be like, you know, nervous resentment. Like, you know, <laughs> it could be all sorts of things. But just start to name it. Even that slows the process down. And then there are two branches that I think of it in terms of the inquiry so that we're uncoupling ourselves to say it's just an experience. You are not your feelings and you can move through this as the, the emotional regulation and freedom can be on the other side, greater mm -hmm. freedom is to say, where in my body do I feel this? Just sensation. Is it prickly? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it thudding? Is it rushing? Right. Just, just to go from curiosity that it's not who you are. It's just what you are experiencing. And then just when I'm experiencing this, what disempowered story, old story comes up. And then I teach, and I could go into this for a very long time. So, <laughs> and then I teach self-compassion, right? Like what would happen if you were actually nice to yourself and you didn't turn against yourself, right? That fear can actually be an invitation to grow. Doesn't mean it's comfortable. Trust me, it is not always comfortable. In fact, right. it's wildly uncomfortable <laughs> so many of us but there is a process that i can help lead people through so that back to the neuroplasticity they can start to create new neural pathways which they can say this is more aligned with my intention with my values with my pursuits ideally with love so i don't know if i answered your question but i invited sure. you. Yeah, that was awesome uh, i love neuroplasticity i love talking about it and kind of as you were talking, you, you know, um, it, it brought to my mind, you know, just how if you fold your arms one way and then you try to fold them the other way, how difficult of a thing that is because you're going against that, um, that grain, right? That your body's telling you, no, this is not comfortable. I don't like this. Go back to the other way. And that's really the only way to change some of those habits is to do something that you don't particularly like or doesn't feel good at the time but over time your body will get used to that and that that new neural pathway will will you know be changed permanently exactly. and so yeah i just wanted to pick your brain about neuroplasticity a little bit and uh, just because i love talking about it um, mm -hmm. and it's sp uh, specifically like how does that um people who deal with anxieties and things like that how does how do they um, you know, deal with learning how to rewire those neural pathways when they're dealing with these anxieties that just are somewhat crippling to them. Uh, well, I would just change that pronoun from they to we, uh, and I will own that. I have dealt with anxiety my entire life. I am so much better, but it is always a continual practice. And part of the reason I'm going to get to your, to your question, I promise, but I want to give some context as to how I came to this work, I am highly sensitive, which in many ways is a gift because there's a lot of intuition and empathy and connection, but it also is a huge responsibility and often it hurts mm -hmm. because I'm overwhelmed. So it has required so much of me to be able to be present and to not be hijacked in a spiral of anxiety, right? And so you asked how through neuroplasticity can we start to rewire? This is me paraphrasing your question, rewiring. Right. Well, it starts in the body. 
because 80% of communication goes from the body to the brain. And yet so much of the way that we think about this is just reframe your thoughts. And I think reframing thoughts is important, but you need to have it ordered properly. Because if you start with reframing your thoughts, when your nervous system says it's a five alarm fire, it doesn't matter. You can say that all day long and your body's like, I don't think so. Right. So one of the simplest ways, there are many ways to do it, but I think one of the simplest ways is the intersection of mindfulness and nervous system regulation. Really mm -hmm. breathe. We all breathe. I hate when people say just breathe. They're yeah. like, I breathing. I'd be dead if I weren't breathing, but breathing in a very deliberate way. And so the mindfulness piece, much like folding your arms, you're not even aware you're doing it because it's habit. You're just getting into what uh, neuroscientists out of Harvard's Srini Pillay calls habit hell. We just repeat patterns without any conscious awareness. And so much of the work I do and the work anyone does in terms of mindfulness or coaching is around bringing awareness so that you can interrupt habits and patterns that are causing harm and limiting you. And so the first step, depending where on the continuum of anxiety you are, because sometimes people are so sort of inoculated into just this heightened state, they're not even aware they're heightened. That's like their homeostasis. Mm -hmm. Tune in and to say, what am I feeling? Right, goes back to what am I feeling? Um, so I often use, um, a traffic light just as a framework for people to inquire into how they're feeling. And these are nervous system states. So at the bottom, you would have green, which is where we want to be most. Right. And chilly, chill, totally present, connected to joy, love, executive functioning. If it had words, it would say, I am. Mm. We want to be there as much as possible. Unfortunately, we're often in the yellow, which is, a, you know, activation of the nervous system, a sympathetic nervous system. Yep. Where, you know, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I'm feeling really nervous. And, you know, or, you know, that's on a continuum, but if it had words, it would say, I have to think of that list and think of the energy. And it's good. Like if you have to come onto a podcast or give a presentation, right. <laughs> run a marathon, you want activation of your nervous system. Unfortunately, it can um, go a little overboard. And that's where, you know, you feel that stress and tension that feels like it's actively causing harm and um, great suffering and keeps us fear bound. Mm -hmm. Say, don't, don't take the risk. Don't go out of your comfort zone. If we stay there for too long, then we can go into red. This is burnout. This is shutdown. This is depression. This is overwhelmed. This is like, give me a drink. I don't want to feel. I don't want to get out of bed. And if it had words, it would say, I can't. Mm -hmm. And so I offer that for people to have a simple framework to just anytime say, am I red, yellow, or green? Okay. And then it's to say, okay, now because 80% of communication comes from the body to the brain, let's just start with a breathing technique. One I teach people because it's so darn simple is ratio breathing. Sympathetic nervous system upregulates us, give us gives us energy, slash anxiety sometimes. Parasympathetic downregulates, that's the chilly chill Netflix moment. I just want to rest and digest. 
So when we inhale, we're activating sympathetic, upregulating. When we're exhaling, we are activating parasympathetic, downregulating. So ratio breathing says breathe through your nose, inhale for a shorter count, then you exhale. So it might be an inhale for a count of four and an exhale for a count of eight. Mm. I don't like to be dogmatic because it's really saying what amount of oxygen do you actually need? So if someone says just only do four as they're inhaling and they need eight and they're like, well, Kristen said four, <laughs> listen to your body. And then truly when you are exhaling, it's as if you are blowing through a straw so that your parasympathetic can slow down. It's like, I imagine it like, you know, when you're swimming, there's tension. So you're pushing slowly out and have a breath cycle. A breath cycle is in breath or inhale, exhale. That's one breath cycle. Do it six times. And what you've done is you've taken yourself from yellow to green, ideally, so that now your body says, oh, I'm safe. There's no threat. Now I can go to my prefrontal cortex. Because previously your amygdala, which is right. close to the, the limbic system, these little glands, it's your fear center, your emotion center, it's all lit up. And we want to, I think of it as a dimmer switch. And maybe it's been jammed at on. We want to unjam that by communicating and training the body to know how to move to safety. And then you can start thinking about whatever it is and reframing it. I love that. Love that you, you know, Jason and I have talked to, about breathing a few times. We're not experts, but we, I think often as humans, we forget to breathe properly. And I think that's where we get ourselves into trouble. Um, I love, I love also what you said, cause you, you know, we've talked a little bit about anxiety and you're like, wait, hold up, hold up. I've been anxious and have dealt with anxiety my whole life. Kristen, I love people like you because you have gone through something that is challenging, difficult, sometimes allows us to stop living, but you turning that around and helping other people. I just love that. We love talking to people like you that, that do that. So uh, we often get the question, you know, cause people hear things that you say, say, and they're like, how do I get a hold of her? I want to learn more. Cause we're just barely touching the surface here and i love what we're talking about but we we also like to give a shout out to you so how can our listeners contact you and you know if they want coaching or anything yeah i thank you for asking um that's always the the plight of the solo entrepreneur like <laughs> i know this work matters let's get it in front of people so i appreciate that so much so they can reach out to me um my email is coach Kristen Taylor at gmail.com and it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, not E-N. Um, they can go to my um, website, which is um, KristenTaylorConsulting.com. I also have a podcast called How I Made It Through, mm. which are things like anxiety. Currently, we're in a deep dive into spirituality, which is really fascinating, which is where I met Dr. Matthew McKay. And now I'm really embracing this learning to love in the face of pain awesome I, I love that and i really do love what we've been talking about and we could go on for for hours i, I know we could <laughs> it'd be easy to do and i still uh, didn't get to learn about you guys <laughs> <laughs> so so kind of near the end of our podcast recording we do a thing called the double down dose and it's something shane and i 
have done with with all of our guests we really like this portion um and it's just two pretty simple questions that we ask and the first one is is what is your definition of hope or how would you define it for me i define it in the memory that we are all connected that mm. we are not alone whether it is with one another or with something transcendent however you define that but there is purpose to our lives and there's always abundant love it's remembering that it's available because we i think we numb out and fall into the illusion that we are alone and we are not and it's so easy for me to say that but on a high scale that's how i'd answer that that's awesome <laughs> we love asking these questions because they on the surface they seem so simple but they're they can have so much depth. So the second question of the double down dose, Kristen, is how would you define love? Isn't that perfect? I just said, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think of God as source energy. I think it, it connects to what I just said. Ultimately, we are here to move to a higher love consciousness love can show itself in so many ways love is listening love is caring love is laughing love is courage crying with people love is being available to other people's suffering and caring um love is time giving up your time love is the willingness to be uncomfortable and sacrifice for the well-being of others because there are no others we are all in this together yeah love is everything <laughs> love is everything i yeah. agree we, we love asking these questions just because they're they're simple in the in the question but can often be so deep right like like you just think about love and what that means to you and um it, you know it's just so far reaching it's it's just beyond you know yeah uh, it's yeah it's the biggest i mean there's so many expressions i'm thinking of music and poetry and sports and right. you know there's just there's, I, it should touch everything that humans touch think how different our world would be if our intention and i'm gonna get a little woo, -woo here but if our vibration came from a place of love mm -hmm. there wouldn't be people living on the streets without a home without enough to eat there wouldn't be child abuse Right. There would be a real sense of I could not hurt this other person because I would be hurting me because we are all sourced from love. Yeah, I agree. So, and that so and that agree. energy is just so, you know, when you love another person or you are showing love to whatever it is, it, it could be something other than even a person. Right. Um, like we have this connection with just our entire world. And when we show that love, like, yeah, I just picture this. You know, um, I don't even know how to put words to it, but just this nice symmetry of all things and everything working together for the common good of of the rest of everything. Well, exactly. Well, I what comes up for me, Jason, as you say that is it's reverence, but it's also the appreciation that we have enough resources on this planet for everyone to be cared for, to have shelter, to yeah. have to have health care to have connection, to have community. It's when we move away from love and we go to ego and pride and greed, the antithesis of love, 
that is where we get in trouble. So I hope one day, and I don't know how many hundreds of years that will be, <laughs> that we have more people on this planet who can practice that. Yeah, and I think it takes people like you and hopefully us um, to really raise the whole mankind up to to be that love. And, you know, we can do it as often as we can. And uh, it's not something Jason and I are going to ever give up. We're going to keep working every day to do it. So, Kristen, thank you so much for your time today. This has been such a great discussion. I love just learning from others like you. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you both. It's just been an honor to meet you. I, I hope our paths cross again. You guys are doing great work. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. And, and we're we're so happy to have you on our show. And it, and maybe just in parting, is there any last words that, you know, maybe something you're just feeling inspired to 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 tell our audience that's listening today that, you know, might be struggling with some of these things? Or is there anything that you're feeling that you want to end with these parting words so all of what we're talking all of what we're talking about when we're in this mindset because i feel like we're all relaxed and connected it feels really accessible when depression anger anxiety come up they are highly seductive they hijack our body so be kind to yourself in those moments you are literally not in your right mind Remember to breathe and give yourself space so you can return to love. All of these difficult emotions are here for a reason. They are places of learning. I'm going back to learning to love in the face of pain. When you are feeling like the parts of yourself that are your shadow come up, give yourself space. Be kind to yourself. Remember that these emotions are our teachers. Don't betray yourself. Love it. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks, right. Kristen. <laughs> Thank you both so much. It was such a pleasure.